This is a Charles Ruttenberg Realty Podcast, from Gulf Coast to Space Coast. This podcast is sponsored by Integrity Title and Guarantee Agency, LLC, where integrity is guaranteed. Hello and welcome to CRR Podcast Network, broadcasting from Ruttenberg Studios, the powerhouse of real estate. I'm your host, Fred Hentberger, the managing broker of Charles Ruttenberg Realty here in beautiful Clearwater, Florida, serving the entire Tampa Bay area. We are going to be talking about market conditions, trends, and mortgage products that will keep you in the know and now with our special guest, Nathaniel Bittman, the regional manager of Security National Mortgage. He brings a wealth of knowledge to the industry. Kapasa, Nathaniel, how are you doing? You know, it's wonderful to be here with this great group. Tell us a little bit about your background. So, you know, I, I, I currently serve as the uh, state educator for the Florida Association of Mortgage Professionals. Been with that group for a long time. So Very impressive. I'm the vice president for the state group. I get to teach uh, wonderful students here. There's wonderful mortgage loan originators in our community, and I do teach eight hours of continuing education for those students. And we also teach new loan officer boot camp classes. But my legacy goes back to 1994. I've been in the mortgage business since 1994 and have never taken a break out of it. Wow, you're very busy. You're kind of like the Ryan Seacrest of the mortgage industry. You're the That's Titan. pretty good, actually. I, I, think I'll, I think I'll adopt that moniker. Thank you. All right. Hey, remember last year, uh, in the middle of the pandemic and all the uncertainties, we did a Zoom class. We did. And uh, we talked about the market condition, and we predicted uh, where the market was headed, and we gave a uh, forecast that was spot on. I uh, just want to see what your feelings and your thoughts are uh, going into the, uh, the the end of this year and through 2021. You know, interesting market out there. I'll start with interest rates. You know, what I want to share with you is we know that currently now the Federal Reserve is, you know, trying to see what they're going to do to curb and fight inflation. And that's the biggest concern. So as we look at concern, we look at interest rates, we see what the Fed is going to do. Here's what I want everybody to really understand. You know, the Fed is going to keep the federal funds rate very low, near zero. Now there's some talk about maybe increasing that. We'll see where that's going to go. But the federal funds rate is nothing, has nothing to do with mortgage interest rates. That's an entirely different mechanism. The federal funds rate has to do with car loans, boat loans, bank-to-bank transactions. Our industry is entirely different. It's tied to mortgage-backed securities, and it's tied to treasuries. So there's a difference there. And if the federal government is not going to work on controlling inflation, what people need to know is the market via laissez-faire will pretty much take its own control, and it will regulate that. Um, yields are pressed right now. So what we're finding is, is that do not be surprised if we see some type of an uptick in interest rates at some point in time. Now, the Fed is going to do what they need to do to keep interest rates low, even on the mortgage end, because they don't want to corrupt or disrupt what's happening in the mortgage and in, in the uh, in the market in, in terms of housing. But there's got to be something to happen in terms of inflation. Okay, just to share a little light on here. And uh, to go with your point, on May 7th, during uh, one of the NAR meetings, I had a chance to actually Zoom talk with NAR's uh, chief economist, Lawrence Yun. And I asked him a couple of questions pertaining to uh, CPI, inflation, and the uh, housing market. I said it felt like uh, the CPI is running red hot, and those uh, numbers don't include housing. But the feds are telling us that inflation is transitory. And I asked him if uh, he was in agreement uh, to this, or could we see a sustainable wage inflation, something like we haven't seen in decades. Uh, Lawrence 
pretty much answered with he did not see a 70 styles inflationary recovery, but he believes that this recovery is more than transitory. And he explained that the uh, this was the first inflation on the books that there was uh, that we had a recession actually without having a decrease in uh, wages. So that's the first time that happened. And he also explained how the Fed's uh, viewpoints of this that back in 2020 during the pandemic inflation actually was only at hovering at one point negative than at one percent and this year uh, we are running hot at four percent and what the feds do they kind of average everything out and they're looking at last year of one percent this year at four coming down to two and a half and that's kind of the mandate where the feds kind of want to keep inflation Uh, so they're going to keep it on track and they believe that in 2023 that Things will normalize and we'll keep it here. And their plans are not to raise anything. Uh, he predicts that there's going to be a 5.5 percent uh, GPI or GDP growth going forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also explained uh, that the Feds will not telegraph anything at all until at the last half of 2022, and they're not going to raise any rates or do any uh, monetization into the end of 2023. So he believes the feds are going to hold their stance of low Fed fund rates, easy accommodative monetary policy going forward, and that should uh, be very optimistic and give us a robust housing market. Uh, He sees one and a half years of at least of the housing market being strong. Uh, So rates uh, with what he was predicting, 10% increase in real estate sales year over year, 7% increase in housing price. And probably real estate rates around three and a half to three point seven five percent over the next uh, twelve months, and that's still lower than it was in twenty nineteen. Uh, Nathaniel, is your viewpoint about the same? So I, I would take the two things. One, we definitely will see the ten year at some point. There's a very aggressive bias that the ten year. Now, please understand, ladies and gentlemen, that our market is different. We use different mechanisms to establish pricing and interest rates. So the ten year is projected with a bias to get to two point one three. I think right now it's hovering around one point six. It's a lot of numbers we're throwing at you, but what that basically means is is that you know there is a projection for an upward move for rates, mostly to control inflation. In terms of housing, when we look at, I think we'll talk a little bit, Fred, about you know the millennial section as far as Generation Y and Generation Z. But when you look at overall demand, there is massive demand. There's increasing demand on, on many levels. We have to look at immigration very carefully, too, and what that means in terms of new household formations, a massive growing Latino market that's requiring and demanding housing. So the demand for housing is going to continue to increase. And as it relates to our specific county here in Pinellas, even in Hillsborough, we are seeing a trajectory of about 20% or more in the aggregate over the next five years. So theoretically, you know, if you're talking about a $400,000 home, you're looking at probably about a four eighty dollars to $500,000 value five years from now. Now that's just a very conservative figure that they're using based on supply and demand. Okay. So, Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, we yes. talked about the area here, and I really think this is the epicenter, this, Miami. Yep. Uh, Florida is growing here. We're, we just the Tampa Bay area yes, over a hundred thousand people moving in annually, uh, and our shortage since the uh, great financial crisis, mm-hmm. the builders never build the amount of homes that were needed, Definitely and shortage, now we're yeah. yeah now we're running into that huge problem. And like you said earlier, part of the uh, the Fed's funds are still at zero percent. That's right, and we're starting to see an increase in mortgage rates. 
Is that part of the function of the mortgage-backed security, or is the government still buying It's, it's in? cash. It's cash. I mean, what it, what it comes down to is, is that in order for us to be able to produce money, you have to have dollars. I mean, let, let's call it what it is. The mortgage industry is realistically divided up into two parts. That's what it is. Okay. What it is, there's, there's, mm-hmm. there's the government side and there's the private sector. All these low rates that people see, 3%, mm-hmm. 2.5, uh, 3.1, whatever it is, in the threes, low threes, high twos, those are government lending loans. Those, those are G-side lending. And when okay. you think about that, when you start to get into the private sector, non-QM loans, when bank you're talking statements- about- Private sector, you're talking about Goldman Sachs stepping in. Buying you're talking some about the, the hedge fund companies, you know, the Angel Oaks and different hedge funds out there in REITs that are that are buying some of these things at higher interest rates, more flexible products. Like so, are they just bank waiting right now because the interest rates are so low? Are they waiting for a little tick up before they? Come in and buy heavy? Referring to, no. So what they're doing is is they're offering the lending at these higher interest rates to mitigate risk. Okay. So the government side, the G side, is not going to buy these higher risk loans. So Mm -hmm. the private equity firms are coming out and they're offering money. It's very similar to the back in the old days. Um, Not exactly. There's a little more governance to it. But there, there is a requirement for flexible lending out there. These, these private equity mm-hmm. firms offer that. Now, in relationship to what you're referring to as far as a rising rate market, the federal government is subsidizing these loans. So as a result okay. of that, where is the money coming from? Right, is that right, through Freddie? Uh, Freddie and Fannie? Is that Fan, how Fannie and Freddie are the mortgage giants. So they're definitely the ones that are what – Fannie, what Fannie and Freddie do is they basically pool these loans into things called mortgage-backed securities. And mortgage-backed securities is basically what's sold out there that goes into mutual funds and things like that. So we don't want to get too mm-hmm. technical about that, but yes. But they're providing the liquidity. They are. That's right. And you want to talk about a very interesting twist. Fannie and Freddie will basically um, transact on a loan, but then you take me- mechanisms like FHA. FHA is an insurance. It's not mm-hmm. a loan. People think, right. well, this loan's an FHA program. FHA is an insurance and it insures a Fannie Freddie loan. That's really what it is. So if you think about it, the federal government will fund a loan, but then FHA, which is the federal government, mm-hmm. will then insure their own loan. Right. Um, now, don't kid yourself. The federal government makes a lot of money off of mortgage-backed securities and the mortgage business. Right. So they earmark a lot of the stuff for different things out there, but we still need money to lend. So where do you get it? You have to print that money. Correct. So if you're printing that money, the treasury just goes out there and they keep cranking dollars. And as they crank more and more dollars, it dilutes the value of the dollar. Right. And that that could be what's going on in the market right now. Maybe not so much of a price increase, but the devaluation of the currency. Correct. uh, Bumping everything up, but it keeps everything going. Uh, So this goes to another point. On Google, there's been a lot of uh, key topics and searches about housing crash. Mm-hmm. And uh, what yes. Young said about this, he doesn't see one in the new, uh, near future at all. If anything, he could see a price stabilization and a more balanced market heading into late 2020. Uh, he said, if we see any type of correction or deceleration, it will happen in the Canadian market first because they, they're on an adjustable mortgage yeah. where we're, we're more fixed. kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, we're fixed, we're mm-hmm. more isolated, sure. and we have more stability uh, with being a, a fixed uh, market here. So right now the uh, we're actually um, pre-COVID. Yes, we're the housing supply is even tighter than it was back then. Do you see this continuing? You were talking about Latinos, yes, and millennials, uh, Gen Y, Gen Z mm-hmm. uh, coming in. Where do you see? Are there going to be enough buyers to replace the baby boomers? One hundred percent. In fact, more. So when we talk about that trajectory, we have to look at the fact that when the market crashed. The market crash, so the buying power, so that people understand, is anywhere from 32 to 45. That's the age. 
So mm-hmm. you figure when we were building radically in 2007, 2006, 2008, we were building on this sort of superficial demand, but right. the buying power, which would have been my generation mm-hmm. and maybe you as well, Fred Generation Xers, there just wasn't enough of us out there to buy. Right. So there was an oversupply. Now you catapult yourself into millennials that are getting into that that powerful buying range. They that population of buying power will far exceed the baby boomers. Would you call that the echo boomers then? Yeah, to a certain degree. I, I would like to say, though, that preceding that, what people didn't expect was the Generation Z, the post-millennials. People had this perception that the post-millennials were going to do similar to what the millennials did, maybe live mm-hmm. at home, stretch things out, not acquire too much debt. Uh, maybe more right. of a Zen type of a mentality, but the post millennials actually are powerful. They're buying at a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. They love to invest. Look at cryptocurrency. Um, they're more about their future. They want to, and they right. love real estate. So you take this, you know, you take Y, Z, those right. generations, massive, massive demand, and simply COVID nineteen set us back in terms of manufacturing. So Uh we couldn't manufacture lumber, nails. We couldn't manufacture windows. In fact, uh, windows are taking 35 or 36 weeks. Doors, garage doors are taking 18 weeks if they're going to be custom. Um, It's really remarkable. So you have this massive demand with limited supply. I think that's why when people ask me or they'll share with me this notion of a crashing housing market, I generally ask, where do you see the demographics for that? Where is that data coming from? Because the numbers don't show that simple supply Mm -hmm. and demand and any any economist, anybody predicting the market can see the, the limited supply to the excessive massive right. demand. Right. So uh, Wall Street is probably seeing maybe a minor uh, market correction, maybe from uh, people getting out of some SPAC stocks and tech and going into more of the uh, industrial stocks, miners, transports, uh, financials, yes, correct. high dividends. And that's more of a market rotation, but Wall Street still believes that there's the uptrend is still in place, even though we might get a pullback here. It'll just be a pause that refreshes. And, a correction. Right. We, we, the, I think the term is correction, and we may see that. But I think in terms of housing and what mm-hmm. you know, all of our Ruttenberg agents need to know out there is that when you're talking to someone and they have this belief that the housing market is going to collapse, the first thing you have to ask them is, where are you getting your data? Now, one of the things that we do offer right. at Security National, which is a great tool, mm-hmm. and I hope everybody can take advantage of it, but we do offer some great tools on the cost of waiting, buy versus rent. I mean, there's some you know, mechanisms out there no. that, that are very valuable with that, that. That's perfect for their uh, buyers. Yes. Because uh, a lot of buyers aren't getting off the fence. They're waiting for this crash to happen that probably is not going to happen. And I don't see any, you know, crash like 2008, not even close. As asset prices increase, just as the currency gets devalued, this trend looks real strong. So regardless of what happens on Wall Street, I think that's just going to be a minor correction in Wall Street. But Main Street is going to be good. And I think the recovery here is solid. Wages should be going up. Prices should be going up, and I think we're just still in yes. the uh, middle, right. maybe even early innings of this uh, housing recovery. So that tool. So when you say housing mm-hmm. recovery, what do you mean by that? Like, from what the does that mean? from the lows of mm-hmm. the two thousand eight, okay. we just hit mm-hmm. the bottom, and mm-hmm. it keeps on going up. And people, every time it goes up, they're like, "Hey, it can't go up any further. This is the max." Right. But when things break new highs, they can continue. How long do you see this uh, housing trend continue? Boy, that, momentum? That, you know that that's a really great question. So, I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm around a lot of people that are much, much smarter than I am. <laughs> so, great economists. So, here's what you have to think about out there: somebody's going to spend seventy thousand dollars over asking, right? 
And in many cases, we don't really have the data to support that value at this point right now. The comps aren't there yet, although they're establishing, we keep establishing new trends. Correct. Somebody pays cash for something, 70,000 over asking, you now have a new comp, you establish a new trend. Yeah, I haven't even seen that during the last uh, Cycle. great financial crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over there, that was like play money. Correct. <laughs> There you was know, the derivatives that were created allowed people to do that. Well, people, that was based on mortgages, right? right? So people just financed 100%, right? Or 110%. People aren't financing that. They're putting money into it. So most of these units or homes already have built-in equity in them. Here's what you have to ask yourself. One, what's the probability and the likelihood that that individual is going to move, relocate, or get out? All right. That's number one. So is there still, is there going to be inventory or demand for that? Two is what is the rate of construction? How fast can you build homes? And if you factor those two and you put them together, you start to realize how long is this trend going to continue? My belief is that it's going to continue as long as, now this is an important one, as long as the ability to pay for a mortgage, the ability to pay for a mortgage is less than paying rent. That's the key. Could we be approaching that level now because prices are climbing? Great, Interest great, rates are climbing. Great question. I believe that, and many believe that we do need, I'm, I'm excited to see the 10-year yield get to two, 2.13. I do want interest rates to rise. I do want the environment to cool off and calm down just a little bit. When you bit. say interest rises, yes. what do you think the 30-year is going to be at, at that point? At 2.13, mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably talking very high threes, maybe low fours. So it's not a disaster. I mean, look, let's put it in perspective. Three years ago, you know, if somebody was doing a transaction, their interest rate was probably about four and a half. And that was at 2019, 2018? Yeah, 2019, late 2018. So you were a four and a quarter, four and a half, and now you're a three, right? Now, right. that's today's market. So whoever's listening to this, if you're hearing this, you know, weeks later, the rates may change. So so we have to add that disclaimer in there. But let's put it in perspective that several years ago, rates were at you know four and a quarter, four and a half. And if we get to four or four and a quarter, the market was still very aggressive at that time. And it's still more stable better. now, right? Because back then, I guess smart guys like you created the derivatives. We did create derivatives. Yes. <laughs> and, Thank you for calling me smart. And, uh, and that's kind of what tanked the, the market down. But this time mm. around, people are actually bringing cold, hard cash. They are. To closing. Yes. So, I do want to, and I do want to point out something very important. A trick that people need to think about is, you know, if someone's going to pay over asking and they may not have petty cash in their pocket, they want, they may want to talk to their financial advisor about this, but a strategy that many people are doing, which is a good one, Mm -hmm. they're borrowing against their 401k because if you're, you're basically paying yourself back the interest and you're not really messing with your principal to where you have the ability to go ahead and still, you know, make some gains through the market. But um, in terms of sustainability, we do believe that we will continue to see a rather aggressive market. Uh, through 2022 and maybe through 2023, I do I do bet on and I am banking on the fact that rates will, will rise. So be prepared for a rising rate market at some point. We have to see it. Right. So they Correct. really, the buyers need to get off the fence and they need to buy if they want to buy something now. Yeah. Don't be afraid. I mean, you know, don't have buyer's remorse. Don't, don't, get, don't get nervous. You know, just look at standard supply and demand. I mean, you know, if you go back just three or four years ago, nobody thought we'd be at this position right now. But people that bought homes for 100000 120000 that thought they were paying too much money back then, they're seeing, you know, beautiful numbers that the value of their homes, the valuations are three, 325 right now. So nice growth. Um, but you know, if, if you're really right. concerned about it, just Google search YouTube and look at the demographics and population growth. I'm more right. worried about clean air, clean water, sewage, garbage, things like that than I am about a collapsing housing market. That's right. the part we really should be talking about. It's kind of like we're never going to get back to that 20 cents a gallon gas anymore. 
Right, correct. It's just a mechanism of, yes. of inflation. And, and I do want to bring out one other very important thing for those of you that are in the Bay Area. This is really important. People need to understand that Tampa, St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. and Clearwater were built in a rectangle. They were built really so that people would be more towards the west, towards right. the water. They really weren't we, – we weren't built. And if mm-hmm. you even you look at a map, you can see we really weren't built to go more towards the east, more right. central, right? So you have to think about that at this point now, you're dealing more in teardowns and more in townhomes and right. condos being built up. We're exploding. And for people – We're coming, going up, not – not a, Right. So if you if – you, right. If you're coming into the market now, the best chance you've got to be here in a metropolitan area like this is you're going to have to right. get into a townhome or you're going to have to get into a condo. Right, so and that's, people coming in from upstate or coming in from New York, the prices are still so cheap. Very cheap. In fact, some most of my clients today are people that are semi-retiring from the north, and they're thinking, you know, I was going to do this three or four years ago. Here's another right. about collapsing housing mm-hmm. market. Here's here's another great indicator for you. People were thinking, hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be retiring probably about two three yeah. years. Let me do this now, right? Or let me pull out of my four hundred one k and borrow now and pay cash, Correct. so that when I do retire. I have the home that I want before it's too late, before a, you know, a younger uh-huh. generation person that's building a family gets in there. So we may just be stuck with a lot of condos here for a while. Right. And with COVID, it actually allowed people to leave and they don't have, they can work remotely. They don't have to work in that location physically that's correct. anymore. That's correct. So we're actually seeing people from New York City coming down here, hedge fund guys coming down here, and there's no state income tax, which is a big driver it's and a big, big driver. benefit. Sure. That's and that's why plus. we overtook uh, New York and our prices are going up. Uh, where do you uh, see things like demand from the northern states? You see that coming in. You see some European demand, demand from Canada. We see kind of demand everywhere. I mean, it, it, it's even California. We're seeing it in Colorado. We're seeing it everywhere. People want to get their cut in Florida. They really do. They want to be here for numerous reasons. Mm-hmm. Weather is good. People, you know, if you have an aging right. population, there are a lot of people that are very concerned about the fact that as they do get older, Florida is a great place to be at Absolutely. for numerous health issues. Yes. So that's a big plus. 100%. Then you've got a lot of young people now that are just thinking, hey, you know what? I want to be by the beach. I want to be by the water. I want to go out. I want to socialize. Look, if we get another strand of COVID mm-hmm. and people are going to be confined at home, they don't want to be snowed in, right? right? The nice thing is, is that out here, you can go walk your dog outside. Yes. You can go to the beach. If you have a little property with some land, you can st- and have a pool. You can have almost your own little resort. So people are Correct. very mindful of that. The entire world changed in COVID-19 and housing has become crucial. And yes. what you got, what you got to compete against, very, very smart markets, like first, second, mm-hmm. third generation Latinos, that to them... Success is predicated on home ownership. Correct. So that that grouping, that demographic believes if I can buy five, six homes and have investment properties, that's wealth for me. Absolutely. It's not necessarily cryptocurrency or stock market. So you're competing a lot of a lot of moving pieces. Yes. So I just don't see a collapse anytime no, soon. And that's tangible and plus down. Tangible here, is a good word. Yeah. We never lock down because we were open. Our cases weren't as bad as New York City. Just for what you said, we didn't get closed in for winter. I'd like to thank Integrity Title and Guarantee for making this happen. I'd like to thank Nathaniel Bittman for joining us today. And most of all, I'd like to thank you agents. You guys make this podcast possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time.